Welcome to It's Your Business Lead It podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. In this cast, Pod Zero, Part 2. I recently had the opportunity to go on to a Facebook Live event hosted by a friend and colleague of mine, Sammy Villanueva from the Heroes Group. And I'll I'll include some links to to his group in the show notes if you want to check it out. It's a really great perspective on how to be a man in the 21st century. I found myself at 45, staring at the wall of my office, running this manufacturing plant, thinking about the parable of the talents and realizing that I don't want to get to the end of my life and have to explain why I played it safe and didn't use the talents that I had been given. So I knew I had to change. And one of the things, one of the core lessons that I've learned in my life is that who you are and how you were raised does not define where you get to go unless you let it. So what I mentioned very early on about learning about who you are, learning how to get better is such a critical piece of this puzzle. We need to spend the time to understand who we are and how our, how we were raised, how our upbringing influences the way we interact with the world. And the better you get that, the less you are subject to it and the more you can create your own outcomes. You don't become a self-fulfilling prophecy of any other prophecy than the one that you want to achieve. This is a really core lesson. So your background doesn't define you unless you let it. Now, the other thing that I learned, I became an entrepreneur at 45 voluntarily. I know a lot of people that became entrepreneurs at 45 because they didn't have a choice because they got let go of companies. I resigned from mine. I went out on my terms. And you know, there's a really core lesson in this. Anyone can be an entrepreneur, but not everybody will be. The question is, do you have the courage? Do you have the resourcefulness and do you have the tenacity to go after it? And then you got to have a little creativity. You got to have an idea worth doing. And most importantly, you got to have a value added product or service that somebody actually wants. Do not overlook that. If you can't sell, you're really going to suck as an entrepreneur because the first job is sales. Entrepreneurialism may not be for everyone, but everyone can do it if you have the courage, the tenacity, and the resourcefulness, and the abilities to learn. If you go after it, you can do it. There's one of the most powerful things about becoming an entrepreneur at 45 are some of the lessons I learned. And it's really kind of funny because everywhere I go, I work with managers in in existing companies, and they all spew the same kind of BS. Like, oh man, millennials don't want to work. You can't find good people. In, inflation's horrible. The economy sucks. The government's horrible. You can't do business in California. 
I'm like, what have you been smoking, man? You can do anything you want if you set your mind to it and you have a path and you know what you're doing. If you buy into the lies, guys, that is lazy thinking. I have never once bought into any of those lies and I have not ever had any difficulty finding incredibly talented people. And all I got to do is look at this guy on the Zoom with me. He works with me. How good is he? Hello. I mean, it's really not that complicated. You just got, you got to hold out and know how to hire the best and then trust them to do what they do best. And if you can do that, man, there are great people out there. It's difficult to do business in California. Yeah, no kidding. You know what? It is. And once you learn how to do it, it's actually kind of fun because the barrier to entry keeps all the riffraff out because everybody's like, oh, it's too hard. Okay, well, good. Then go get a J-O-B. Like, I don't need you as a competitor anyway. It's all good. But look, it's there for you if you want it. If you're capable of doing the work and working through the problems, it's there for us. The challenges of entrepreneurialism, they are exactly that. They're not problems. They're challenges. They're opportunities to be overcome. And the better at it you get, man, the rewards are there. So don't buy into the lazy thinking lies and the mythology that it doesn't work. You're going to fail. Or even, okay, my favorite mythology is actually a fact, but I still get a kick out of it. Do you know the Small Business Administration of the federal government says that 90% of entrepreneurs fail in the first 10 years? And I'm like, yeah, of course they do, because they don't have a plan. They don't know what they're doing. They don't have the passion. They, they just, they're starting with the wrong stuff. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to have the passion to do it. You have the courage to do it. You have to have a plan. You have to know how to sell. There's certain things you've got to have. And I've been blessed that I've learned these as I've gone. And keep learning them because learning is life. Learning is the life of your business. Learning is your life. And if you stop, you're dying. It's that simple. Okay. So one of the other myth mythologies about entrepreneurialism is that it's all about taking big risks. I'm like, you know, I don't know who you've been talking to or what you've been smoking, but being a really solid entrepreneur is about taking calculated risk. So my wife, before I came on the call, reminded me, tell them about the bridges. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to tell them about the bridges. Look, when I went from having a, a J-O-B that paid me a six-figure income to going to being an entrepreneur where I didn't know when my next paycheck was coming, I needed to have a bridge to that outcome. So I signed one contract that was worth enough of half of what I was making as an employee and I got started. It was a bridge into the future. And as I was walking on that bridge, I was looking for new clients and slowly added them in. It was a challenge, but it's all about the relationships you build and the sales ability that you have. So it's not about taking wild risk. It's about taking calculated risk. And that has guided my whole path. As I look to add on new enterprises and grow what I'm trying to do, I'm also looking at downside and how do I mitigate the downside risk while maximizing the upside? It's about calculated risk. It's not about wild, stupid risk. So if you're, if you're thinking that that's what it is, don't. Have a plan. Know how you're going to get there. So I'm not going to talk for a whole lot longer. There's, I want to come back to the most important point. For me, that the first and most important thing about moving into entrepreneurialism is that you have to believe in you. 
You have to fight for you. You have to know that you can. And the only way to get there from here is to always, always be learning. Learning about yourself, learning about your business, learning about process, learning about customer, learning about finance, learning about California law, learning about everything. Until you get big enough that you can delegate some of the crap to CPAs and lawyers and whoever else you need, always be learning. And that is a little bit of an encapsulation of the journey I've taken, Sammy. So there you have it, man. I love it, man. That's, that's amazing. Um, I, I got some questions and, and I know we got some guys on and we're going to go into the Q&A, but one of the things that I love that you said was calculated risk. You know, I, I, I love that you totally put a pin in the bubble of this wild, uh, uncalculated cowboy of an entrepreneur. You know, I think it's cool to put on social media. I think it's the Lone Ranger looks cool. It's like jump off a cliff, figure it out. The courage of those situations are, I think, needed. Um, but like you said, calculated, right? Especially in the life that we're called to live in, right? You, we're, we have a marriage, we have children, we have other things that we have spiritual life where we're trying to take care of our body. We're only given one life. And so being calculated in all the things that we do is, is almost a necessity. Wouldn't you say? Yes. I, I totally would. We need, you need to measure what's the cost and what's the reward. You know, a perfect example is I'm working with Walmart now and they're, they're saying to me, Hey, can you work Sundays? What? Now, you and I have talked about this before. Um, in the first ten, the first five years of my business, my answer was yes. What was the question? Right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever it is, I'll say yes. And even now, for the right client, I'll say yes. But I immediately go back and I'll talk to my wife and say, "Here's what I'm doing, and here's how I'm going to balance it." Because if I lose the sense of balance. I mean, there's another verse. I can never remember where this one is, but it's kind of good to hear. What does it benefit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? It's just, it's not worth it, man. I mean, you got to balance the spiritual, the physical, the relational, all of it. And mm. balance sometimes means being intentionally out of balance, but knowing when you're going to bring it back. I love that. That's like the, uh, the fear of missing out, uh, you know, the, yeah. the FOMO. Uh, I, I've I've shared this with the guys. When you're working to be fanatical, like I was talking to one of the heroes guys last night. He's like, Sammy, how do you do it? You got so many things going on. You got a family. You got kids. You got you work. You got you got all these contracts. And I was like, I'm fanatical about my schedule. Like I'm to the minute uh, with everything. With you know my my kids, my wife, and everything. And I know you're the same, Ron. Like we're back to back meetings. We're 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 driving. We're taking meetings and calls in the car. Um, but we still have that fanaticism about, uh, you know, our family and our faith and things like that. Um, so instead of the fear of missing out, what about the joy of missing out? Like knowing intentionally, like I'm choosing to miss out on purpose so that I can have joy in this other area. Yep. Yeah. You know, the, the thing that I wanted, I wanted you to kind of unpack real quick before we go into the Q and a, we got a couple more minutes. So if you guys are with us, stick around, you're going to be able to hang out with Ron, ask some questions is what were some practical things that you did? as you were exiting the employee world to calculate into the entrepreneur, right? To take that calculated risk, because there's a lot of guys that, that I talk to, that I see, that I hear, 
they overthink it or they yeah. overanalyze um, the paralysis analysis, and then they then never end up taking that step. Um, so maybe just, you know, of course, this is your story and it's probably not going to be the same for everyone. But I think when we can bring it back to some practical steps, it, it really helps people relate to um, maybe what they're going through. Yeah, I, that's a really important question. And there's there's a practice that I started doing unintentionally, but it very quickly became intentional. And that was middle of my career, I started collecting friends. And I know that sounds really weird, but I mean, you know my personality. I mean, I'm intentional about friendships. It's not, it's not just random with me. So I started collecting friends, but it was a very intentional process. And if I knew that I needed to become a salesman, a lot of the people that I started to associate with and, and befriend were in sales. And this was probably one of the most important things that I did was that I made a point of developing a group of salespeople inside my own company and the salespeople of my vendors. So I had this, this group of people that I could learn from. They became informal mentors. I didn't ask them to mentor me, but I spent a lot of time in their presence rubbing elbows with people who knew how to sell because I knew that that was going to be the one thing, the one thing that would put me back into paralysis because I'd spent most of my career not selling. So I think what really made the difference in the decision-making was counting the cost up front. What are the skills necessary to be successful? And which ones do I have? Which ones do I need? Now, the other thing that I did, and this is my journey, but you got to realize when you do it at 45 and you've got a stable family and a lot of financial obligations, you can't just say, hey, let's be an entrepreneur today. I mean, there's a multi-thousand dollar mortgage. There's like debts everywhere, single family or single income family. You can't just jump. So I had to position everything and I took advantage of tuition reimbursement programs at both of my employers to continue my education throughout. And yeah, I've got a lot of degrees. You don't need the degree, but I tell you what, if you can get it, get it because it helps and the world recognizes it and it will get you through doors. But my journey was about preparation. And when proper preparation meets opportunity, it became very clear it's time to jump. And then make sure that your spouse is behind you. Mm. You know, when my wife said, I know you got to do this and I support you. That was when I resigned. Wasn't before. If she wasn't with me, I would never have gone. And that's an important little detail. Yeah, I love that. It's, it's so interesting. I, I don't know if you tuned in last night, but, uh, and I don't even think it was in the general session with, uh, with Jason, but we were in the Q&A and he, uh, he had, that's right, it was in the live Q&A. He had mentioned the same thing. He said, if you don't have the support of your spouse, of your wife, then one, you're doing something wrong. And then two, yeah. uh, you, you need to, you need to go back. You guys need to be on the same page. And, you know, again, this is, this is how I know these guys that we're bringing in, Ron, your, yourself and, and Jason last night, speaking to that principle of being successful in all areas, right? There's, there's a lot of, um, I'm going to post this soon, but there's this video, these two comedians that were on a podcast and they're, they're being interviewed. And one of the guys says, you know, I, I just made millions of dollars. And, um, he starts to cry and he was like, I'm watching my kids through an iPhone. 
And, you know, then he passes it back to the host and he says, how do you do this? And the host says, and he starts crying. He's like, what do you mean? How do I do this? It's 10 o'clock in the morning and I'm drinking. He said, I, I can't, it, I can't tell you that it gets better. And it's just, it's, it, it frustrates me because so many men feel like that's the only way to get success as an entrepreneur in business is radical sacrifice, radical isolation, radical imbalance in your life. And, you know, to, to hear things like that, that you have to be aligned with your wife um, and to get the support of your wife to, to venture out is just, it's just refreshing, man. I just thank you for, for being a leader and for standing for the right, for the, for the right things. Let's, uh, let's, let's go into the Q and A. You ready, Ron? Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's do this. All right, gentlemen. So if you're, if you're with us watching, I know we got a, we got a bunch of guys watching us here. I'm going to drop the, the zoom link into the chat. Uh, come ask some questions. As I said, Ron has got a wealth of wisdom. Ron, maybe before we go, we'll do another a minute or two. Can you share the story of you walking into the uh, to the hero's first meeting in the living room, and then what what came out of that? Maybe like a synopsis trailer of your experience of of engaging with if, with heroes. I think the the funny part of that story is thinking about. I didn't have any expectations walking in. I, I was there to support you and your dad. And I've taught more than a few leadership classes by that point. So, I mean, to me, I was there in support. I was going to give you guys some feedback and, and really just in a supporting role. And the funniest thing, as I look back on it, the core of that group, here we are. I don't even know when that was. It was like eight years ago or some crazy thing. But, you know. Frank and I have done business together. You and I do business together. Joffrey and I are still looking, but we'll eventually figure it out. And now your dad and I do business together. And there aren't weren't that many more people in that group. So That's right. That's we're right. all still connected. You know, Joffrey and I meet usually every quarter or so and we invite all you guys in. And it's just it's a really solid group of entrepreneurs that want to support each other and help each other be successful. I love that. Yeah. It's this legacy that came out of it. I didn't see it coming at all. That's right, man. So exciting. So exciting. I'm bringing in the, uh, bringing in the guest here and uh, we're going to end the live. Uh, so if you, if you're waiting, come back in. We, I just wanted to finish up that last portion. If you're waiting on the zoom, come back in. Don't leave. We're still going to be here. Um, and uh, we're, we're going to get rocking and rolling here. Uh, all right. I'm going to stop streaming live in the Facebook. Thank you for tuning in, guys. If you guys watch this tomorrow, um, we'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow for the last day of the, of the five-day challenge. Thanks, Ron. Appreciate you. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.